Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is October 24th, 2022, and our first story. Marco Rubio says that a supporter of his, a volunteer for him and DeSantis, was mercilessly beaten while canvassing in Hylia, Florida. Democrats are worried as Ron DeSantis might actually win the historically blue district and violence has begun to escalate. In our next story, Joe Biden reaffirms his support for child sex changes. And in our last story, Ted Cruz is interrupted on The View by climate protesters. But these protesters are basically helping Republicans gas prices. It's basically the number one issue for voters in the midterms. And with two weeks to go, they're screaming they want less oil, which would mean higher gas prices. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Florida Senator Marco Rubio revealed on Twitter that one of his campaign volunteers was beaten and required medical attention. But these injuries actually are quite serious, apparently requiring facial reconstruction surgery. And so uh, unfortunately, due to the severity of the images, I have to blur them out. Now, this individual was wearing a uh, wearing clothing for Marco Rubio, and I believe he was wearing a Ron DeSantis shirt. He was in Hylia, Florida, when apparently several individuals said Republicans were not welcome there. And then he was mercilessly beaten. Now, it's hard to know exactly how these something like this went down. We have images of the individual wearing this shirt in the in the ambulance. You have to understand that two weeks out from the midterm election, you got to pay attention to propaganda, manipulation, and you never know. You never know exactly what goes on unless you have video of the incident. But according to Marco Rubio, uh, this is apparently what went down. And I don't want to get any weird conspiracies and try and make up reasons. But the left is already trying to claim that this guy's actually some kind of secret fascist. They've posted photos that I can't corroborate of someone they claim is this guy who's racist. But the photos they posted, I'd, I'd show them if, if it looked like the guy, but it doesn't. They're posting photos of some fat guy saying this fat guy is the same as a skinny guy. And I really just don't know. What I can't say is, Right now, Democrats are absolutely terrified of what's happening in Florida, and it's indicative of a bigger picture nationwide. Ron DeSantis might actually win Miami-Dade, which is a Democrat area because Latino voters are switching parties. Now, the left doesn't want to admit it. They're saying that's not true. No, 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 no. Well, most Latinos are 
voting Democrat. But there is a major surge of Cubans and Venezuelans, or at least that's what we're hearing, who are voting Republican because they know the horrors of communism and socialism. This is a it's a worrying story when I saw this. And I think we're going to see a lot more. I already saw photos and videos of militiamen watching ballot drop boxes. And the left is claiming it's intimidation. And the right is saying patriots are guarding watch, bo- you know, these, these ballot boxes. It's, it's not particularly overt. It's just, hey, look at this. And there's an image of a guy wearing like tactical gear and they're standing or something near ballot drop boxes. I predicted that and I worry exactly where that leads us. I was watching a documentary on the Civil War the other day. It was like four hours long. Really amazing stuff. And you really can't get the full picture no matter what you do. I mean, you got to really study the history, read the letters, the books, the biographies. I went up to Gettysburg. We're not very far from Gettysburg. Met some people, talked a bit about the Civil War, and you really start to understand a lot. I, I seriously do encourage everyone to watch a good documentary on the Civil War to really understand what it was about. Because it wasn't about one thing. I mean, the left will tell you that it was about slavery. And that was the principal issue, period, hands down. But they they made an excellent point in this documentary saying that as 75% or so of the Southerners were not slave owners, they had to use other issues to rally people behind the wealthy plantation owners. So it, it is a bit complicated. But I bring this up because looking at this, it seems like we have our moral issue and it's abortion. Now, I'm not super interested in talking about that issue and rehashing everything, just that from what I see here, it's possible we get nowhere near a civil war. It's also possible we do. And the reason I bring this up is just to say, I know I've talked about uh, civil war quite a bit. We could be in a fifth generational civil war. We may be seeing the precursor to it. This could be our bleeding Kansas. What I want to stress is how this documentary line uh, laid out how Even with the Battle of Fort Sumter, the first fight, that was like the first fight and nobody died. The only guy who died was after the fact and it was an accident. They did not think anything like this would happen, that it would would blow up into a full scale war. The Battle of Bull Run, civilians came to picnic thinking, as as one historian described it, it was going to be a Napoleonic battle of people marching towards each other and that it wouldn't be that big of a deal and everyone gets caught up in it. People get captured. They did not realize that this was not a gentleman's war. This was a battle for the existence of the Union or for the South, the Confederacy. There's a lot to talk about there. But I see these moral issues playing out and I see things like this. And I bring it up because this is what I warned a few months ago, that come the midterms, we could be seeing something very serious. As right-wing groups show up to these ballot drop boxes, fearful of ballot harvesting, cheating, manipulation, fraud, and the left shows up to polling stations to challenge these individuals or to stop canvassers, what's the response to this individual? Do we see right-wing groups now go out to canvass and you end up with armed patrols? Where does that lead us? Not like the, the Civil War in 1861, but more like the Spanish Civil War. Let's read what happened. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to support our work directly. Our journalists are working because you guys as members are awesome and you help keep the lights on. But as a member, you'll get access to the TimCast TimCast IRL Uncensored Members Only Show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. You'll also get the CastCast of Vlog Tales from the Inverted World. And we've got more shows coming. 
Some free, some are going to be members only, but we're really excited. Some offer both. But with your support, we're going to be building up and expanding the culture. We have a new song coming out November 4th. Really excited for this one. It's overtly political. So we want to get this one out just in time for the midterm election. So again, go to TimCast.com, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. That one's important. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Marco Rubio says canvasser wearing his T-shirt and a DeSantis hat was attacked by a group who said Republicans aren't allowed in their neighborhood and left with a broken jaw, internal bleeding and needing surgery. The canvasser was clad in Rubio's campaign gear and that of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the senator said. Last night, one of our canvassers wearing my T-shirt and a DeSantis hat was brutally attacked by four animals who told him Republicans weren't allowed in their neighborhood. He suffered internal bleeding, a broken jaw, and will need facial reconstructive surgery. It's not immediately clear whether law enforcement is investigating the alleged incident or what led up to it. The Daily Mail has reached out to local police for more information. A request for further details to Rubio's campaign was referred to the state Republican Party. The incident reportedly occurred in the city of Hialeah, which is located in Miami-Dade County. Now, I want to jump to this real quick from NBC News. Buoyed, uh, buoyed, buoyed by Latinos. DeSantis could become the first Republican candidate for governor to win Miami-Dade in 20 years. DeSantis overperforms here in a way that you don't tend to see Republican candidates perform elsewhere with Hispanics, one Democratic strategist said. I think that is very important to understand when we see this story. A DeSantis supporter, a DeSantis campaigner, don't know who he is, going door to door asking people to support Ron DeSantis. I've advocated for this. I've said you got to get out in these blue areas and advocate. And this is the fear. The fear is that come November 8th, you're going to have a right wing right wing groups seeing things like this, saying we must defend our voters from intimidation. They'll go to polling locations, ballot drop boxes across the country, and they will, quote unquote, stand guard. The left will claim it's fascists trying to intimidate minorities, which is ridiculous, but that's what they'll try to do. And this will result in far left. It's showing up with media support and getting into brawls at a polling location. What happens? I ask you, what happens when a polling location is shut down due to one fight? One. And then they say our county can't accurately tabulate the vote because a polling location was going to with 10,000 people gets shut down. Who knows where those votes were going? And who would count on such a closure? Regardless, this kind of thing already suggests we could be looking at something explosive in the next two weeks. And I certainly hope not. But what, what, what am I supposed to say? Here you can see these images are blurred. I may have to actually blur them just, a, just a, a little bit more. We'll put it at blur level nine. I have this app. You can see the individual is sitting in bed and uh, uh, in, in, in a hospital bed being loaded into an ambulance. Now, I want to stress this. This story could be BS. What we have is a statement from Marco Rubio. Okay. What we have is photos of an individual who is seriously injured. You can see them. They're online. It's, it's horrifying. You know, I, I can't, I can't, they're so graphic. I can't put them on YouTube. And, and look, I know a lot of people get mad. They say, come on, Tim, show the photos. They get mad at me. They yell at me. I'm like, dude, I can't do that for two reasons. One, obviously YouTube has, has strict rules against this. They won't ban you for posting it. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. But look, you know, it's a difficult thing telling people to come listen to the news and then dropping in front of them a picture of a man whose jaw and face is smashed up and who's going to need reconstructive surgery. And I understand there's a balance here. We want people to understand the severity of those injuries so they can understand what happened to this individual. That's going to be on you. OK, so I can inform you of it. And if you so choose, you can then take the step to look to see these images. I think that's important. There's possibility, probability. Maybe it's propaganda. Maybe this guy fake beat himself up or something. I don't think that's 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 probable. I don't think that's likely. I think, you know, uh, the left is going to try and claim something like this or they're already claiming he's a fascist. Don't know anything about that either. I did look into this, but it doesn't look like the same picture. Sorry, guys. They said, Here, here's the guy. Look at him. That's who it is. And I'm like, that doesn't look like the same guy. Maybe it is. Maybe the guy lost a bunch of weight and changed his mouth and lips or something. I don't look at me. Maybe you can't tell what he looks like because his face was smashed up. But they're claiming he's a fascist, a racist, and he deserved it. Nobody deserves to be brutally beaten like this. You can defend yourself. But if someone wants to go around saying stupid things, you know what you do? You go and canvas too. You fight speech with speech, not violence. It's Mayor Esteban Bovo is a Republican, but the county overall narrowly voted for President Joe Biden in 2020. State lawmaker and former Florida GOP chair Blaze Ig... Ingoglia, sorry, called on prominent Democrats in the state, including candidate Charlie Crist, to condemn the incident. It comes amid a wave of Republican criticism directed at the president for his harsh campaign trail attacks on the pro-Trump faction of the GOP. Joe Biden came out and he said that the MAGA Republicans were extreme. The Republican National Committee immediately accused the president of fomenting violence saying Joe Biden's wretched attacks on millions of Americans have fueled attacks on pregnancy centers, Republican offices, and an assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice. Can I just remind you about what's going on? About a dozen or so pro-lifers were arrested because a year or so earlier, they had protested at a Planned Parenthood or was an abortion clinic of some sort. They said, that's illegal. Sorry, you can't do it. Okay, well, I hear you. But we just had a bunch of protesters outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, and they were not charged and arrested. We have a corrupt DOJ playing games. Now, here's why this is important. For one, hopefully we can uh, uh, avert any kind of major civil conflict. But this is what this what has Democrats freaking out. Perhaps the reason this individual was mercilessly beaten was because the people there know the cult members that it's because of the brave individuals speaking out against the woke cult, they're losing. Now, again, I don't know who that guy is, but there is no justification for the merciless beating he received. None. 
Even if he is a bad person with bad opinions, you counter those bad opinions with your own. In fact, if someone really is a fascist, let him go door to door. The crazy thing is if this guy really was, he'd be hurting Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis. Take a look at this from NBC News. Florida Democrats are fretting over Republican Governor Ron DeSantis' popularity among Latinos, saying they are boosting his chances of becoming the first Republican governor in 20 years to win traditionally blue Miami-Dade County and therefore propelling his chances of a successful presidential run in 2024. I've heard from from many high-profile Republicans DeSantis will never run against Trump, that if Trump bows out, he would run. But so long as Trump is running, he ain't going anywhere near it. They're going to say Miami-Dade, the state's most populous county is 70% Hispanic. The last time a Republican governor won Miami-Dade County was Jeb Bush in 2002. That's weird. Unlike DeSantis, Bush held press conferences in fluent Spanish and his wife is Mexican born. Okay, well, that makes sense. DeSantis is an outlier among Republican governors, said Fernand Amandi, a Democratic consultant. DeSantis overperforms here in a way that you don't tend to see Republican candidates perform elsewhere with Hispanics. DeSantis has raised over $100 million for his reelection campaign, a staggering number for any gubernatorial candidate. Many of the donors are eyeing DeSantis as a potential 2024 presidential candidate. The governor is being challenged by former Democratic congressman and previous Republican governor Charlie Crist, who is behind in the polls. Faced with this, Florida Democrats have expressed frustration and anger over their limited resources and money from national donor groups. Some feel that Democrats have ceded Florida to Republicans after their defeat in the 2020 election. Quote, if Ron DeSantis wins the Latino vote in Florida, which has been a GOP project now for the past decade, said Democrat Devin Murphy Anderson, co-founder of the voter registration organization Mi Vecino. Ron DeSantis is going to go directly to his donors and say, I can win the presidential nomination and I can beat the Democratic nominee in 2024 because I can win the Latino vote. Hillary Clinton won Miami-Dade by almost 30 points in 2016, but Biden won the county by only seven points. When Clinton won, Republicans looked at that and said, instead of throwing their hands up, walking away from the county and saying, this is the way it's always going to, this is always going to be a blue base, they doubled down in their investment, said Murphy Anderson. That right there is the point. When the Republicans go into deep blue territory, they win back some of it. Too many of these established Republicans are like, eh, what's the point of canvassing in AOC's district? If you don't, you win nothing. Go there and say gas prices, gas prices, gas prices. Now, I understand. You look at what happens to this guy. Be careful. Make your own decisions. Take responsibility for yourself. I can only tell you to go knock on doors with a smile on your face, shake hands. If someone's going to commit crimes, those people need to be held accountable. But you need to take care of yourself. You need to pay attention to what's going on around you. You need to realize how bad things are. Now, I think the reason they attacked this guy in Florida is because they're scared. They're scared that more people will come. Y'all can't back down. Jeremy Redfern says voter registration stats among Hispanics in Miami-Dade County. In 2018, the Republicans were 271K to Democrats 254K. As of 2022, the Republicans are up to 323,000 to the Democrats, 252,000, meaning Democrats lost 2,000 voters and Republicans gained 52,000 new voters. That is insane. Benny Johnson's got the tweet outlining exactly what's going on. Cuban survivor of communism nearly leaves Trump in tears after exposing how America is turning into Cuba. Every young person must hear this. Quote, 
If you lose this place, you have no place to go. He's right. There's nowhere else. This is what people in Miami understand. Many descendants of Cubans are hearing the stories from their grandparents, from men like this. And he's saying, I warn you now. Trust your grandfather. Trust your father. Trust yourself. What the Democrats are proposing is chaos, socialism, and eventually communism. Or, you know, a little bit of communism sprinkled in. Uh, What's the word for grandfathers? Abuelo? Uh, My Spanish is not too good. But I think people hear this. There's families and they're saying, you know, you've got heartfelt pleas, putting nearly uh, bringing Trump nearly to tears. And what do you think happens when this guy says it to his kids, to his grandkids? And he holds their hand and says, please, please, you need to understand how bad it was. And and, and the stories, man, I read the stories out of out of the communists, uh, out of out of Cuba, the merciless executions, the psychotic authoritarianism. It's scary stuff, man. Heed that warning. Here it is from Axios. Red Tsunami Watch. Red Tsunami. Oh, boy. You see, I remember when they were saying Red Wave. And then I was like, I don't know, man. It might be a Red Tsunami. Now I'm thinking we might actually be looking at a Red Great Flood. Democrats better be preparing their arc. Because if they don't, they're going to get washed out. Here's the story. They say polling, spending trends, and conversations with leading Democratic and Republican strategists suggest it's now very possible House Republicans win back the majority, majority on November 8th with more than 20 House seats, once the upper range of most analysts' projections. Two weeks out from the midterms, evidence points to a re-emerging red wave that could sweep in GOP control of both chambers in the Senate. Republican officials are now bullish they'll gain at least the one seat necessary to regain the majority. The national political environment shapes the trajectory of all battleground races, meaning a big enough wave could touch some of the bluest districts. There's also an outside chance it sweeps in flawed Republican Senate nominees in Georgia and Arizona, despite their underwhelming campaigns against battle-tested Democrat incumbents. Here's what you need to understand. Whatever it is you think about 2020, Republicans overperformed. For, for whatever reason, Republicans did better than projected. And we saw some areas in Florida that were safe Democrat vote Republican. That was shocking. The Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, Republican. Now, some may question what happened in 2020 with the presidential election. Either way, that says that if at a time when there was maximum, there was maximum votes for whatever reason for Joe Biden, be it people hated Donald Trump or ease of access procedure, For whatever reason, any other reason, Republicans in the House and the Senate overperformed. Now, Democrats were still able to win the majorities. And I think part of the loss in Georgia for Republicans has to do with the voter suppression narrative. I'm sorry, with the voter fraud narrative, which which I believe suppressed the vote. We saw tons of people saying they weren't going to vote because there was no point. And that is exactly what Democrats want. That's why I can't stand it. Whatever you think about it, Boy, is it, the, is it the greatest gift to Democrats to go around telling people their vote doesn't count. You better tell your friends. You do everything you can. Here we go. Politico's got it, too. Republicans gain steam in Senate battle. A raft of new polls this week in the key Senate battlegrounds showed GOP gains. Oh, here we go. From 538, ladies and gentlemen, every single time I show this projection chart, it gets better for the Republicans. Well, it was just last week. 
538 said out of 100 simulated elections, Republicans win only 40. Before that, it was like 38. Now it's 45. In 45 out of 100 simulations, the Republicans win the majority. Now, you need to understand the reason it's 45 and 100 is because if there is a tie, Democrats control the Senate through the tiebreaker. So there is. So let's put it this way. It looks like you've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 15, 15 percent chance it goes 50 50. And there's a greater chance that it goes towards the Democrats. But that means the Democrats have only a 40 percent chance of actually gaining a seat to Republicans, 45. The, the issue is Republicans must flip a seat and defend theirs in order to control the Senate. Now, over on the House side, take a look at this. There's almost no circumstances in the Democrat projections that shows them winning a strong majority. I mean, 19 in 100, and they're mostly clustered around just narrowly getting the majority. There's one outlier. What is this one? The outlier is 236 seats to Republicans, 199. So we will see. There's a possibility the Republicans could get 263 seats in one scenario. Now, that seems a little bit bold, mind you. I don't think we'll go that far. There's a strong likelihood, though, we're going to see a massive Republican victory. Now, we here over at Tim Cast are going to be doing an extended election night live show talking about the results as they come in. It's probably going to be like a four hour show or something ridiculous, but it's going to be good fun. We're going to have a bunch of guests. Our regulars will probably be coming in. It's going to be a blast. Take a look at this. 538 says there is a 44 in 100 chance that Republicans win both chambers. Democrats winning the Senate, Republicans winning the House is a 36 percent chance. Democrats winning both chambers. There's actually a 19 percent chance that happens. That is what I want to highlight. While all the Republicans are coming out, hooting, chest bumping, high fiving. 538 may be wrong. Maybe. But you best heed that warning, my friends. You best take a look at the fact that a man can be mercilessly beaten in Florida. Democrats will gleefully vote for more. Don't believe me? Fine. If you don't, and you don't go start canvassing, knocking on doors safely, maybe with friends to defend yourselves. I, I would I would I would always say this in any circumstance, please avoid all violence to the best of your abilities. And I would say a fight avoided is a fight you've won. The first lesson in any any martial arts. Well, I'm not going to pretend to know anything, uh, you know, to pr- pretend to give you any kind of uh, um, grand understanding. But I can tell you, at least from what I've learned, what I've what I what I've been taught. The, the, the first move you should always make when, whenever you see a fight about to break out is run away. Some people get egotistical and they say, you know, I'm not running from nothing. You can't make me. Physical confrontation in the street that serves no purpose. Someone wanting to get violent. The fight you escape is the fight you've won. Now, I understand there are certain circumstances where you have to defend yourself, where someone's attacking you, you know, but you always want to avoid fighting to the best of your abilities. Always. Now. When there's nowhere left to go, when there is nowhere to run and the threat is insurmountable, I would only hope that you do whatever you could. You you had to do to protect yourself and survive against criminal elements. Keep it within the law and avoid violence. And I really want to stress that because it's scary, man. I guess my concern is I don't want you guys getting in trouble. 
and you don't want to get in trouble. That'll really hurt the chances of victory. And I also want to make sure everybody's just safe. And I also want to make sure there's no escalation. That's the scary thing. And I fear this Rubio DeSantis supporter who got attacked, direct escalation. Because now, now we're going to see, we're going to see people want to retaliate. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Here we go. The Real Clear Politics generic congressional vote for Republicans has dropped by a few points, but it's still staggeringly high with a three-point advantage. Over in Georgia, we're seeing early voting turnout smashing records. Gary Lake came out and said, it's voting day, not voting month. And she's right. We need state legislatures to get on top of this sham, in my opinion, of expansive voting duration. Look, it should be a holiday. Election day should be a holiday and it should be a day, not a week, not a month, not mail in absentee BS. If you're absentee, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. But those are exceptions, exemptions and exceptions. If you're in the military, if there's something calling you away, a duty, we, we say, OK, OK, we'll do an absentee ballot for you. It's got to go through the, the, the proper chain of custody signed off on. But the overwhelming majority of people should vote in person on Election Day, and it should be a holiday. I tell everybody here, man, you take time off. You do what you got to do. I mean, here at Timcast, people get sick. I say, please don't come in. I don't want to get sick. Stay home. Do your thing. We'll figure it out. On Election Day, I expect everybody, you don't got to worry about it. We do salary and you got Election Day, you do your thing. I think it should be a holiday. I think it should be a paid holiday. This is where we're at. The people in this country, they're noticing something. They're noticing that Biden is a liar. They're noticing here, look at this, Biden on student loan bailout. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. He's lying. He brought in young people. There was no vote on it. And it was blocked because he tried doing it by executive decree. He's lying. And then we have this. Well, I'll bring that up in a second. We have, I'll come to that one. Lee Zeldin tweeting. This is the dangerous reality of life in Kathy Hochul's New York. I can't play the video for you. I can't. It's graphic. Think about that. New York, a man minding his own business on his phone in the subway, and another man for seemingly no reason, full speed tackles him, shoving him onto the subway tracks. First of all, a train could be coming and you could die. But also, even if there's no train, there's the third rail the electrified rail that powers the train. It's nightmarish what's happening in these places. From Fox 13, Seattle. Sowant says feces thrown at her home repeatedly claims Seattle police failing to investigate the threats. Now, I don't know who's doing this. Doing this. Maybe it's a leftist. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a right winger. Who knows? But this woman wanted to defund the police. And now she's mad the police won't give her support. Look, I know it's a silly story. But I'm highlighting it to make the point to all of you. These people will mercilessly beat a DeSantis supporter. They don't want cops around. They want to be the cops. Then when someone comes 
and throws crap on someone's lawn, she says she wants the police to intervene. Excuse me? How about a social worker can come and write down how you feel when you're being victimized in this way? Now, look, whoever's doing this with the human waste shouldn't be. But I don't know what to tell you, man. It's, 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 it's so easy to sit here and say we should be civil. We should not be violent. We need to win through, through procedure, through the vote, through the will of the people. But every day you see merciless beatings, terror, threats, violence, pregnancy centers being uh, firebombed. Scary stuff, man. What do we have from the DOJ? The protesters at the Supreme Court justices' homes, no charges. Pro-life protesters arrested. And that's the scariest thing. So I went to Gettysburg. And I met some people, and uh, it was really amazing. There's an old antique shop. It's got a bunch of old weapons and stuff. I actually myself have a Model 1861 rifled musket, Civil War era. But the crazy thing is, it's a Union one, by the way. The Union also had breech-loading uh, uh, rifles. That was with percussion cap, breech loading. So breech, uh, break action, you know, you, you fold it up, you fold it, you put the cartridge in, you close it, you put a percussion cap, and then you pull the hammer back. The hammer hits the cap, which creates a spark, ignites the cartridge. It's crazy. Then eventually someone was like, let's put the cap on the bullet, make a cartridge with a primer and all that stuff. So, but anyway, you know, you look at all these weapons and, um, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a whole lot going down there, reading about it, listening to this, uh, uh, this, watching this documentary. There was a battle, and um, I don't remember which battle it was. It might have been Bull Run. I'm not sure. It was North, Northeast Virginia. The Confederates won unexpectedly. And in the documentary, they said the Confederates seemed to have been more shaken by their victory than the, than the, the, the Union was by their defeat. Many people in D.C. feared, because we're talking like right on the edge of D.C. and Virginia, that because, uh, I mean, Virginia was Confederate. Many feared that the Confederates would, would march into D.C. The Confederates did not want to be seen as the aggressors. They wanted to be seen as defending their territory. And they hoped that by avoiding the fight in D.C., the North would be too war weary and just we, we don't want to go to full scale war. Who cares? Maybe there's other ways to do this. But the Confederates were wrong, of course. Abraham Lincoln was not going to let the Union fall apart, not going to let the Confederacy just secede. And uh, ultimately, war expanded. The South eventually decided to invade the North, hoping to once again, this time, okay, maybe if we go into Gettysburg and we'll shock the North and maybe they'll want to give up, but that didn't work. The South had some good fighters. What was it, Jeb Stewart? I just watched a documentary the other day, so you guys, some of you might know more than I do about this one. But they didn't have the same level of weapons. They didn't have the same uh, industrial manufacturing. And they got cut off. And eventually they got, they got, they got battered. And there were some crazy mistakes that were made. But the, the, the thing I bring up is the Confederates thought that if they just pushed back and showed they were willing to fight, the Union wouldn't want to go to war. And they were wrong. So here's the point I'm making. It doesn't matter what you're, you know. I'll just put it this way, man. My fear is that there will be a conflict where it doesn't matter what you hope happens. One side will say, I will not back down. And then you get expansive conflict with this man being beaten. What's going to stop some people from being like, we better show up and guard our canvassers. This is Florida. What if the dude was armed? What if the story was DeSantis supporter guns down for Democrats? 
It would be a very, very different news reality today. The left would be screaming about it, saying, look how violent these fascists are. And that's what I fear may happen. That's why I say you want to avoid the violence. You know, look, when I was watching this documentary, I thought to myself, they really didn't, they didn't understand propaganda, you know? They thought, they thought about honor, and, and I'm like, man, there's guerrilla tactics, there's propaganda, and there's just plain winning. And, and from what I read about a lot of what they did, they just, man, they, it doesn't seem like they really wanted to play dirty. These days, dirty is almost everything that's happening in conflict. If a Trump supporter goes into a neighborhood armed, to canvas peacefully, and gets confronted by Antifa, and then defends himself, you will see in the headlines that a violent Trump supporter went and gunned down four peaceful protesters. Now that this guy's being brutally beaten, and put in a hospital, the left comes out and says he was, he was actually a fascist. You know what? I don't know. I, I can't corroborate that. Doesn't look like the same guy, but maybe. Maybe. But either way, they will do whatever they can in their propaganda handbook to make that claim. You have to understand. If on January 6th, Trump supporters walked away, the Democrats would have had nothing to campaign on. Not like anyone cares about January 6th, mind you. If on 529, the 529 insurrection, Trump ordered the police to stand down and these leftists stormed the White House, the entire narrative would be that the far left has gone insane and this was a coup. But Trump had the police come out and defend it. So you see, that's how it works. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With just about two weeks before the midterms, Joe Biden thought it would be very important to sit down with youth influencers and I suppose try to earn younger votes. I don't think Democrats know exactly what they're talking about. And so one of the big stories is that Joe Biden came out in defense of sex change surgery and puberty blockers for kids. Now, the reason this story is particularly interesting is that recently in England, it looks like they're going to be moving away from puberty blockers for kids based on the fact that the scientific evidence shows it is actually more detrimental. There was a big story when the Tavistock Center shut down. I believe that was like a month or two ago. We now have a report coming out showing that they're basically saying, unless it's a study, we're not going to be giving kids these drugs. It's very, very bad. Now, I don't exactly know why Joe Biden thought this was a midterm winning issue. I got to be honest. I think a lot of people are shocked by this. And I think the choice of trans person to bring on for the interview was also deeply offensive to many trans people and women. Joe Biden invited Dylan Mulvaney, who is seen by many as mocking trans people and mocking women to ask a question about gender affirming care. That's what they call it. And Joe Biden said that he thinks that uh, states shouldn't be allowed to, to ban it, that it is a moral issue. And of course, we're getting a response. But this isn't this isn't new information. Joe Biden had already come out in the past saying he doesn't think states should be allowed to ban people. Uh, I'm sorry, ban states from prohibiting this again. It's kind of strange because when you look at Europe, when you look at Scandinavian countries and now and now England, they're already saying like, hey, this is bad. It's not working. So if we want to be good stewards of our fellow man, humans, let's be let's be politically correct. Well, then we should follow the science, right? And the science right now says this this reassignment surgery and medication for kids is not a good thing. And that's why in several countries that many on the left look up to, they're they're going they're they're moving away from this. 
Now, the story here isn't just that uh, Joe Biden is defending sex change, sex changes for children, but it's also that many people are outraged about Dylan Mulvaney. So we're going to get into this. And here's here's the point that I want to make. We had uh, we had Blair White on Timcast IRL recently. Blair White, of course, is a trans woman who is offended by Dylan Mulvaney. Many people have criticized Dylan because the persona put on by this individual is not that of a trans person or a woman, but some have likened it to the blackface version of of womanhood or woman face. Now, this is Dylan Mulvaney specifically. That is what what I'm trying to say is this is divorced from the issue of trans rights. You know, uh, look, we we uh, we here at Timcast, we have no problem with any individual who wants to live their true lives and, and, and be themselves and all that stuff. The concern we have is, are we actually going to be hurting children? And that's a separate issue. Dylan Mulvaney, I'll say this. Be trans, more power to you. Congratulations. And I, and I wish you the best. Seriously, long and, and healthy life. And I got to be honest, too. The 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 gags done by Mil, uh, Dylan, I think, are uh, are funny. But the question is, what are you supposed to be laughing at? And, and why do I find it funny? Well, here's the issue. Many people have basically said the way Dylan Mulvaney acts, which has garnered widespread attention, is akin to blackface, such as wearing high heels to go hiking and fainting and falling down when seeing a bug. This is like putting on a costume, pretending to be a woman and then mocking every stereotype that a woman is. That's not what trans people do, right? And that's why you have to be careful about this. I think someone like Dylan Mulvaney is actually intending to mock women and trans people, not try and make this. I, I, I'll put it this way. I don't think Dylan Mulvaney's character is intended to portray a, a moderate, normal view of a trans person or woman. I think Dylan Mulvaney is insulting trans people. I think Dylan Mulvaney is intentionally trying to make trans people look look bad. And I think Dylan Mulvaney is actively mocking what it means to be a woman. It's 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 very much like watching SNL or Mad TV or Family Guy or or South Park. You know, South Park is a good example when they did the uh, the episode with strong woman and it was macho man Randy Savage being like a woman. What what Dylan Mulvaney is doing is akin to that. At least that's what many people are saying. And that's how I view it. Dylan goes out into the, the, the famous video wearing high heels in the woods. Trans people and women don't do that. That's not a real thing. That's that's it's making them look stupid. And that's the problem. If we want to be truly respectful and say, look, you know, uh, uh, Blair White, for instance, I think is fantastic. Uh, Blair brought up that actually on on Timcast IRL, Blair's been on four times. And it's only the first time the other, the other last week that we actually talked about trans issues, which was Dylan Mulvaney. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I don't care. You know, Blair is a is a political commentator who talks about politics. I, trans is, is irrelevant. So, you know, Blair, more power to you. But Dylan Mulvaney creates this character that makes trans people look like that mocks them. I'll put it that way. Let, let's let's play this clip. Talk the politics first, and then we'll talk about why this one was so offensive to so many people. So here's the, here's the clip from RNC research. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question, I just think it's wrong. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question. So I want to let that play a couple times. Now I want to show you this real quick. 
This is a viral thread from Sonia Sodha, observer columnist and chief lead, uh, leader writer, prospect editorial board. She points out with this new update from, from the UK, only prescribing puberty blockers as part of a formal research study given the lack of evidence on the risks and benefits of hormone treatment for children and young people. That's big. So this is NHS England published draft uh, specifications for specialist services for children with gender dysphoria following CAS interim review yesterday. Very positive development and a move away from unevidenced affirmative model pushed by mermaids. Thread follows. So to, to put it simply, in the UK, they are now following suit to these other Scandinavian countries, again, which the left often tout as the, the bastions of good healthcare, saying that the affirmative model like Biden just supported is unevidenced and they are moving away from it. This is from June 15th, 2022. Biden signs order to protect transgender children as Texas continues efforts to restrict gender affirming care. The executive order calls on the U.S. Department of Education and the Department of Health and Human Services to increase access to gender affirming health care and develop ways to counter state efforts aimed at limiting such treatments for transgender minors. Here's the issue. In this new report, they found a clinical approach reflecting evidence that in most prepubertal uh, pre children, gender incongruence does not persist into an adolescence. That's a very important point. Joe Biden has come out two weeks before the midterms, pushing an issue that is not popular, that is not prescient. Look, I see a lot of people from the Republican Party, a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans. They're saying, look at this. Joe Biden is, is pushing this issue. And I'm like, well, look, I think this is a reason some people are switching from the Democratic Party and saying they don't want to vote for this. I think it's a, it's a strong issue if you're paying attention. Unevidenced, anti-scientific and causing lasting damage to children. That's what the science shows in England. And uh, I think Finland moved to uh, Sweden as well. And Joe Biden is pushing this without evidence. He's doing it because he thinks it's a popular issue primarily among young people. It's not. Even Bill Maher came out and said, what is going on, Democrats? I understand you want to fight for these people, but there's like 300 of them. It's a good point. Now, you can make a point that the Democrats should not be basing their politics off of whether or not someone is deserving, whether or not someone is, is, is in large number. It really should be like, are you deserving of human rights? And of course, trans people are. The question is, why is Joe Biden coming out, pushing an issue that is not only not popular among, uh, uh, among the American public, not prescient, but also harmful? That's the question. I think the Democrats have lost the plot outright. I'll give you an example as to why I, why I think they're, they're just in free fall and it's become insane. Joe Biden comes out and says he's going to get us off fossil fuels. He campaigned on it for the 2020 election. He's now dumping the strategic petroleum reserve. Okay, is, is, is that indicative of him trying to get us off fossil fuels? Perhaps. But then he goes to OPEC and begs them to keep pumping oil. Well, that's not getting us off fossil fuels. How could both views be true and correct at the same time? They can't. The Democrats don't know what they're campaigning on. Joe Biden's already got a viral video from this now this it's called now this news town hall meeting where he gets asked about something and then he just answers with gibberish because the dude ain't all there. But these policies are surface level, vapid, superficial policies, seemingly popular among no one. Look, 
If Dylan Mulvaney putting on this character, making fun of trans people is what young people like to watch because they find it hilarious to mock trans people, then Joe Biden can entertain that all he wants. But you know, it's not going to translate into votes. And we're already seeing a lot more. But as much as I, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, what's the issue we got to talk about here? Is it really this, this Dylan Mulvaney stuff? It's making Dylan Mulvaney more famous, I guess. The, the, the issue is it's the economy, stupid. That's it. So while I think this, this is an issue that a lot of people are going to look at and say this matters to me because they're hurting kids, I don't think it moves the needle all that much. Gas prices, dude. Crime. I got tons of videos and articles about crime. I got something for 1 p.m. that'll make your blood boil. Well, actually, it'll make you laugh, and then another story will make your blood boil. Uh, I'll just give you the gist because, you know, there's a Seattle, uh, I think Seattle politician, a leftist, and someone keeps throwing feces on her lawn, and then the police are just like, we ain't doing nothing about it, so she's complaining. Like, that's the hypocrisy. They don't have anything to really campaign on. But here, here's, here's, here's where we get to. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This, the, 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 the propping up of this Dylan Mulvaney character. I want to say this. And I want people to understand Dylan Mulvaney, in my view, is trying to mock trans people. And this is something that you got to understand, man. Dylan Mulvaney is making fun of trans people. I'll say it again. Trans people deserve dignity and respect. I'm a big fan of Blair White. I don't care how you choose to live your life. I want you to be healthy and happy. You know, if you're an adult and you are experiencing some kind of incongruence with your gender, and it's causing you extreme depression and pain. I hope you seek the assistance to help you live your true and full life. Blair seems to be doing that. Blair's hilarious. Blair's fantastic. And there's, of course, many other trans people. You know, I've been to a bunch of events where I've seen Trump supporting trans people. It's, I, I, I could literally care less about your life and your choices. But you know what I don't like? Dylan Mulvaney is creating a character to mock trans people and women. Amber Athey writes for Spectator World, my womanhood is not your costume. Now, here's what I don't think. Or here's what I, th- I think. I think a lot of these conservatives don't understand that Dylan appears to be trying to insult trans people. You, you see what I mean? They, they, they're looking at like, they're looking at Dylan Mulvaney like Dylan is a trans person. And that's what trans people are like. And that to me is just bonkers because Blair, I hate to say your name 50,000 times, but there are examples of trans people who don't do this. ContraPoints does not do this. Are you familiar with Contra? ContraPoints isn't putting on high heels and prancing through the woods as a caricature of what trans people are. ContraPoints does intelligent political arguments. Blair White does intelligent political arguments, and they both discuss these issues. Dylan Mulvaney is intending to insult these people. Amber Ethy says, I don't have a bow in my hair, nor am I wearing a Barbie pink dress, but I'm still a woman because I was born one. I will always pray that people suffering from gender dysphoria are able to find peace with who they are. However, I do not have any sympathy for those who play act as women using hackneyed stereotypes, pretend to speak for us, and then have the stones tell us we are the problem when we don't comply with their delusion. Okay, 
Amber says, such is the case with Dylan Mulvaney. Despite not actually being a woman or even ident- uh, only identifying as such for less than a year, Mulvaney has somehow become the woman du jour. I, I, I think, look, there's a, a viral story. High school teacher, you probably saw it with the big old knockers, the big fake uh, fetish toys. This individual, many people have said, is trans and is wearing prosthetic breasts. I say, no, those are not prosthetic breasts. Those are sex toys for adults. Because there, there are prosthetics for women who undergo mastectomies due to cancer and other, you know, surgical intervention. And these tend to be normal sized uh, uh, chests. And it's sometimes a woman gets a single mastectomy, meaning she'll have breast cancer in one breast. It gets removed and she still has one. So they want to make it even. It's a prosthetic. You know, if you get your finger blown off, you might wear something on your hand. Your nose gets damaged. You might wear something. I understand that. This, this, this high school teacher is wearing large toys meant for adult play in public. Now, a lot of people seem to think this individual is actually trolling. And that makes sense. Why would someone wear these gigantic toys? The theory is the individual was actually anti-woke and is trying to mock the system, was threatened with getting fired. Now, I don't know if that's true. It's a single 4chan post. And either way, doing this in front of children is inappropriate. What Dylan Mulvaney is doing is very similar. So take a look at this, uh, this article here. A video you may have seen before. I'm going to play it for you. Day 66, being a girl, and today I'm in nature. Trees, I love them. Water, lakes, I love them. Okay, so I'm going to pause right there. The I love them is a stereotype caricature of a woman. This is clearly intending to mock women and trans people. Clearly. Heels, they're my hiking heels. I love them. Hiking heels, I love them. Trans women don't go hiking in high heels. And women don't go hiking in heels. There are tons of rock climbing women who wear normal shoes. There are tons of women who go hiking who wear normal shoes. You see my point? And I made it before, but Joe Biden is bringing this person who is, imagine if Joe Biden brought Rachel Dolezal to the White House to talk about issues facing black people. You'd be like, come on, man. That's we, we know she's a white woman who is tra- like, that's the issue. The thing about Rachel Dolezal is that even as someone who's transracial, as she calls it, she does not put on a caricature to this extreme of a degree. Okay, come on. Ah, ah, ah. The, the, the hooting and ho, 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 like that. I'm telling you, man, I think Dylan Mulvaney is trying to insult trans people. And I, I think it's a troll. Blair says she knows people who know Dylan who say it's not a troll. It's real. Maybe, but I'm. I just, I'm sorry. When you look at your average trans person, you look at Caitlyn Jenner, look at uh, Blair, look at ContraPoints, prominent trans people. I, you know, I use Contra as an example of the left, Blair as the white, Caitlyn Jenner as just a you know, mainstream personality. There's even a bunch of, uh, of trans actors. They don't act like this. Why is Joe Biden bringing on someone to mock this? And I'm sure many of you have seen this video Love already. Them. Love them. Coconut water, love it. Not an ad, just love it. I don't understand what this Wind is supposed turbine. to be. Love it. But it, but it really comes to a, comes to a, 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 a head here. The hills are alive, and then this. I'm scared of getting Lyme disease. Love ya. Ah! Bug, it says, and then Dylan stumbles and falls over like a scared, dainty woman who is too afraid. And what you get is 
a complete mockery of trans people, a complete mockery of women and defense from the left. Here you go. From the Los Angeles Blade. Well, NewsGuard says it's fake news, but sure, here's what they wrote. Anti-trans vitriol toward TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney ignites boycott. Cassandra McDonald, the longtime alt-right troll, suggested that trans identities are the gender equivalent of blackface. Okay, I'd like to point out Cassandra is uh, uh, Puerto Rican, so I'm not I'm not sure that white white nationalists, you know, are are uh, uh, Cassandra's not all right. And uh, I, I do love that they pointed out that uh, they, they 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 add me to the story saying, you know, Cassandra's boss called it mansplaining. Cassandra says this is the gender equivalent of blackface at this point. But it's worse than that. I'm going to say it again. Dylan, you are you are trying to mock trans people and it is deeply offensive. I think you need to leave trans people alone. I think you need to respect trans people. And I think what Dylan is doing here would be akin to painting his face black and then running around screaming about fried chicken or watermelon, the most extreme of offensive stereotypes. Dylan is mocking trans people. And I can't say it enough. And the funny thing is here, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly what, why, why I think this. Okay. Look at all the conservatives that are coming out saying, look at this trans person mocking women. And I'm like, guys, you know, there are trans people. They don't act like this. You've you've seen ContraPoints videos and you've argued the politics. You've met Blair White, your fans. Dylan Mulvaney does not represent trans people. Dylan Mulvaney represents mockery of women and trans people. But of course, perhaps this was the troll all along to create a high profile character as insulting as possible to trans people to get a ton of attention on TikTok because a bunch of young people are laughing at this laughing at the idea that this is what a trans person is. And then Joe Biden, being too stupid to realize it, invites this person to the White House to belittle, besmirch and mock trans people again. Think about that. Imagine if Joe Biden invited Rachel Dolezal to the White House. You'd have people being like, dude, Rachel Dolezal is not black. And Biden's being like, you know, we're here to talk about all sorts of identities and too stupid to realize that you are being played. Here's what ends up happening. The conservative argument criticizing trans people is emboldened by what Dylan Mulvaney does. That's why I don't believe it's genuine. I'm like, how could it be that such a, a, a an absurd insult, such, such a powerful insult to trans people is, is considered actually being mainstream trans? When, again, ContraPoints, if you've not seen uh, Contra's YouTube channel, ContraPoints is a calm, rational, sane individual talking about political issues and making good arguments, becoming very prominent and popular. Why isn't Joe Biden inviting ContraPoints to the White House to talk about trans issues? That's my point, because in the end of this, conservatives have Dylan Mulvaney to point to to criticize all of transgender ideology. I'll put it this way. I'll wrap it up with this. Joe Biden coming out and saying he wants sex changes for kids is appalling because the science does not support it. And in Europe, they're backing away from it. I think if you're an adult, you can choose to live the way you want to live. And you know what? If it turns out that Del Mulvaney really does act like this, fine, so be it. But the idea that the White House would prop up someone putting on a caricature that insults women and trans people, 
that just goes to show the ignorance and the 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 emptiness that is the left's politics. And then the Los Angeles Blade outright defending this. Let me show you something. If they have the uh, now, I know I can find love. I there's a there's a clip from this podcast. I'm gonna try and pull it up so I and can. And we're on day one. You. 67 of girlhood. Mr. Hollywood, who I'm right <laughs> here. Hollywood, zoom in on that. Zoom in on that. Come on, guys. Let me let, let me go back to that and show you that one more time. And we're on day 167 of girlhood. Mr. Hollywood, who I'm Dylan is like putting his hands up against his chest like he's shaking his boobs for a Hollywood producer. I genuinely believe that Dylan Mulvaney is not trans and that Dylan Mulvaney is trying to insult trans people. And because of the the fear of cancel culture, Dylan Mulvaney is getting away with it. I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me having actually met and watched videos from trans people that this is supposed to be an ac- accurate representation of who these people are. You know what? You know, what? the left makes at this point, they say that the bathroom bill stuff is 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 wrong that, uh, you know, people should be able to use the bathrooms they choose to identify with. And they point out that for the past several decades, trans women and trans men have used whatever bathroom without issue and no one's ever noticed. I mean, maybe sometimes, but no one's ever asked about it. No one's ever thought about it. A trans woman would walk into a woman's bathroom and people might, you know, be like, hmm, like, is that whatever? And the, and the person goes into a stall. What Dylan is doing is the exact opposite of exactly what the left argues about with trans people, that they've been passing and among us for so long we never noticed. Dylan is creating a caricature of you, like wearing blackface. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm sorry, I have to assume there's a conspiracy. The conspiracy is that the Republicans are secretly funding climate change activists to help the Republicans win. Now, I don't really believe that's happening. My point is these climate change activists are doing everything in their power to make sure people love oil and the Republicans win the midterms, thus guaranteeing the expansion of fracking and fuel production. In this afternoon's story, The View interrupted by climate protesters during Ted Cruz interview. Ah, yes, Ted Cruz, Republican advocating for the GOP. And the GOP is going on and on about how gas prices are very high and how Joe Biden's policies are the cause of it. And most people in this country view gas prices as their top issue. Joe Biden's approval rating is tied directly to gas prices. So as regular people are sitting there staring at $5 a gallon gas or $8 if you're in California, and they're saying, please get the price down. Some person walks up with a can of mashed potatoes, throws it in their face and says, oil is bad and you should suffer. I know I'm kidding, right? But that's basically what they're doing. We've got these just stop oil activists in Europe throwing tomato soup on paintings, now mashed potatoes on paintings. Now, I guess they threw a pie at a wax Prince Charles or something. Please keep doing it because it's not just about gas prices. There are a lot of issues in this country right now that need to be addressed, and the GOP are the only ones willing to address it. The Democrats are effectively burning this country to the ground with open borders policies, expansive war, and now high energy costs. 
The Republicans can do a lot. School choice, I'm looking forward to that. And it's all thanks in part to these climate change protesters protesting Ted Cruz that regular people are going to be reminded exactly who it is who is making it cost more money for your gas. Here's a clip. Daniel Turner has it from The View. Climate protesters throw soup on a Van Gogh, mashed potatoes on a Monet, and now shout down Ted Cruz on The View. So much for tolerance. Let's, uh, let's hear what they have to say. Here's the clip. Cause of it. And that is when the federal government spends too much money. Okay. We have seen trillions and trillions of dollars spent by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Just last year, last year, the federal government took in $4 trillion in tax revenues. Most money in history we've ever taken in. The problem is we spent nearly $7 trillion. And that's what- We do cover climate here, guys. We do cover climate. Ladies, ladies, excuse us. Let us do our job. Let us do our job. We hear what you have to say, but you gotta go. That's right. You gotta go. You gotta go. Apparently they'd apologize for ten, te, uh, to Ted Cruz over this stuff. Whatever, man. It's nothing but good for the Republicans. And that's probably why Whoopi Goldberg got so mad. Because right now you got millions of people watching a bunch of clucking while Ted Cruz is talking about his positions. And people want to know, why is gas so high? And this, they're going to put pressure on Whoopi Goldberg and The View to come out and be like, we got to get fossil fuels out of there. And Ted's going to be like, Sure, but that means higher gas prices. So if you'd like to advocate for that, just please look at the camera and tell the public right now that you want Democrats to remove fossil fuels and uh, and then they can feel it at the pump. How about that? From the view. Well, Cruz is talking about the economy, sidestepping a question about abortion rights. Oh, there we go. What sounded like several people in the audience began shouting. Whoopi Goldberg says, you got to let us do our job. Quote, They're accusing us of not covering climate change, said co-host Sonny Hostin, who then disputed the charge by noting The View covers climate change frequently. After the protesters briefly quieted down and apparently were removed from the audience, the Cruz interview started up again only to be interrupted by another shouted protest. At this point, the broadcast went silent with moderator Goldberg seeming to glare at the shouters. After the commercial break, co-host Anna Navarro apologized to Cruz saying, I'm sorry this happened in our house. Oh, oh, it is so bad. This is not good for Democrats. It is unreasonable. The view even Whoopi Goldberg looked pissed and she's a lefty. Man, these people do not understand. They are sabotaging the Democrats right now. Even with the protests, Cruz's appearance promised to prompt heated discussions around the show and certainly kept that promise. After being asked by the January 6th storm in the Capitol, Cruz attempted to switch the conversation to Hillary Clinton and Antifa. When Navarro and Clinton conceded the election to Donald Trump, Cruz took uh, conceded when when Navarro said Clinton conceded the election to Trump. Cruz took out a piece of paper that seemed to have more talking points on it, speaking loudly and prompting Navarro to ask him to lower his voice. I know you come here to sell a book and pick a fight, she said, but we're not going to do that today. Cruz was just plugging his new Cruz was plugging his new book, Corrupted Justice. All right. Hey, I'll play a game for all the moderates out there and all the regular people who don't care for the partisan partisan uh, um, pandering. I think Donald Trump's fraud narrative is uh, ultimately a waste of time. And it's because it's been muddied up by people like, uh, you know, Lynn Wood and, and Sidney Powell. People got this crazy story about, you know, Venezuelan servers and other stuff. And I think the real issue, if you want to talk about the shadow campaign to save the election, so writes Time magazine, then we got to talk about ballot harvesting, early voting, month long early voting, mail in voting. 
Did I say that one? And uh, drop boxes and all of these procedural things which need to be adjudicated. That is a very important question. And I'm willing to listen to that. But this is why I say the fraud narrative got muddied up. So right now I'll say this. January 6th, bad. People who had weapons there should be arrested and charged. And I've seen photos. Yeah, some people were armed. I was wrong about that in the past. I thought they had these, they had these crazy stories. Well, I'll put it this way. They had these crazy stories about dudes with like rifles and stuff. Maybe, I don't know about that, but I've, I've seen photos of people who did appear to have weapons. We'll see how that gets uh, uh, litigated out or adjudicated. But all those people that were rioting, lock them up. I don't care if you're a rioter for Trump or against Trump. Don't go smash stuff and don't try to storm into a building. And guess what? January 6th, trying to break into the Capitol, substantially worse than trying to break into a mom and pop shop for a lot of reasons. However, breaking into a mom and pop shop for the in, at the individual level, I believe, uh, let, let me try and clarify. A large group of people trying to break into the Capitol during the counting of the electoral votes is worse than like a riot in a neighborhood. But breaking into a mom and pop shop, in my opinion, is worse on an individual level. Targeting innocent working class people who are not political, that's stepping over the line. Now, I suppose this is why these people, well, no, it's, it's, all, it's all political. I'll, I'll keep it simple. January 6th was bad. People who, who wandered into the building, the trespassing charges slap on the wrist, as we've seen, fine. People who are fighting with cops, lock them up. Now, what's that? You bring up Hillary Clinton? Let's play both games. Hillary Clinton spent how many years claiming Trump didn't really win? These people are blue and on. They screamed about Russia taking over the election, and that was all fake news. Fake, fake, fake. Okay? This is why I don't like the Venezuela, Germany, weird, stupid narratives that, that were circulating after the election, and I don't care for the gaslighting. That was the big fraud narrative. The big fraud narrative, I said, no, that's ridiculous, was Venezuelan servers, shootouts by the CIA in Germany, satellites, and a bunch of other crazy stuff. Are there potentially weird things like voting machines connected to the internet and all that stuff? We've seen reports of that stuff. I think you got to file a lawsuit. But the big issue that you need to pay attention to is always going to be procedure. No one needs to ship servers to Germany. All you need to do is ballot harvest. And if they, if they keep changing the rules to benefit themselves, it'll make it easier and easier for them. So, that's a civil lawsuit about the rules of an election, not fraud. People thought there were going to be Chinese fake ballots and stuff. And it's like, they tricked you, bro. They tricked you into believing all that stuff. Meanwhile, they're playing games like this. It's all politics. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to get into all that stuff. Here's what I want to talk about. German protesters arrested after throwing mashed potatoes at Monet painting that sold for 110 million. Quote, the painting is not going to be worth anything if we have to fight over food said one of the two activists protesting climate change. The painting was unharmed, the museum said, because they're behind glass. Come on, you don't want people touching this. And I think they got to protect it from the environment anyway, so that might, it might even actually be, you know, hermetically sealed or something. But these people, these climate activists, please keep doing this. Keep generating more and more attention as to those who are making gas cost more money. Here we go. These are two stories from today. Just stop oil protesters arrested after throwing cake at King Charles III waxwork. Activists are carrying out action every day this month to call to end new oil and gas licenses. Yes, yes, please, please keep advocating for that. Now, I know it's in Europe, but this news makes it across the pond here. And then we're reminded just who it is who wants to ruin your life and make everything cost more. Now, my friends. Did you know that there was a big story about starfish disintegrating? 
Did you see that one? That's scary. We don't know exactly why. They, they think it may be a disease. Some think it may be ocean acidification or heavy metals. But starfish were actually disintegrating. Creepy. We're hearing about heavy metals in fish, mercury levels in tuna. How is it possible? Mercury in tuna? What's going on? Pollution, man. Plastics, metals, nasty stuff. Yeah, we got to clean up our act. We have to be better stewards of the earth. I can recognize that. I can also recognize, this is a great point that Jeremy Boring made, without the human experience, there is nothing. We live for the human experience, not the experience of trees. What would earth be like if it was just trees? I'm sure it'd be fine, but it wouldn't be anything because everything we experience is based on our human perception. We find trees beautiful. Some people do, some people don't. But without humans, there isn't anything anyway, because we live for us. That doesn't mean we should not be good stewards of the earth. In fact, it means we need to be. We need to protect the earth so we can live on it. But I'll tell you this. If the idea is to just stop oil, well, that means people are going to die. A lot of people are going to die. So I hope you're ready for that. When there is a strain on resources and overpopulation, you get disease and suffering. They don't understand what this means. Now, I suppose you could try and advocate for people to have less kids. That's exactly what they're doing. But having kids is part of the human experience as well. That's why I think the solution is technology. The solution is to travel the stars and to expand because as more and more humans are created as part of the human experience, we need more space for them. The solution, in my opinion, isn't just to hobble humanity, castrate humanity, and then just confine ourselves to this rock. It is to say, let's make sure we have a balanced ecosystem, less pollution, happier lives, more resources, and we focus on space travel. We've got to go somewhere else. Maybe we can start terraforming other planets and figuring out how to build biospheres and biodomes and all that stuff. And then when there's more and more people, we just say, time to go. That's what we did in Europe. Came to the Americas. Uh-oh, colonization. You can't have that, can you, left? Getty Oil Fortune heiress helped fund climate activists who have targeted artwork and museums. Really? So you mean it's an heiress to an oil tycoon who is funding all of this stuff? Because I got to tell you, man, now I don't know this lady. I don't know her, uh, I don't know her politics, you know, but let me just say these protesters are helping big oil helping them in October of all, it was two weeks before the midterms. Why now? Why now? Granted, again, it's in Europe. A lot of this is in London, but the news travels. And now we're seeing, you know, protesters at The View once again in October, right before an election, screaming no oil. And it is an oil tycoon heiress who is supporting these organizations. Now, why would she do that? Could it be that she's saying, I, I, it's blood money that I inherited and that it is bad. Or is she saying the stock that I inherited from all of the oil companies that I have staken needs to go up, not down. And the simplest way to do it is to make sure the Republicans win. And then we drill, baby drill. I don't know. I don't know this lady. She can do whatever she wants. I'm just pointing out. Okay. Right now, these activists are doing everything in their power to help the Republicans. From CNN Business, Biden can't do much to bring down gas prices, but a recession can. <laughs> That's the game. Yeah, a recession can bring down prices. Okay. That's hilarious. 
They're basically telling you like, you know, there's a recession coming and it's the Democrats fault. It's going to bring down gas prices. Okay. Seriously? Seriously. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Slate. This week in gas prices, the only thing that matters in American politics. Introducing gas. A semi-regular look at the pump that could call the midterms. That's all that matters. You guys see that Eric Schiff thing? It was really funny. Where it's like, it looked like a Babylon Bee or SNL skit. The family's at dinner. And then the cops show up and they're like, ma'am, you're under arrest for terminating a pregnancy. And then she's like, what? No, that's my personal business. And the husband's like, nobody's touching my wife. And they pull their guns on him and they're like, we're just enforcing the law. I thought it was hilarious because it was so ridiculous. But I was, I was saying this before. You may, for those that have seen all my videos, not everybody watches every video, but the, the joke I made was at the end as she's being mercilessly beaten by the police... She should, the husband should be like, well, at least gas is $1.50. And then the cops go, that's true. And then she looks up and smiles like missing teeth and black eyes. She's like, yeah, gas is $1.50. I guess it's worth it. The joke there, which would play well for either side, to be honest, to the left is, ain't nobody cares about your culture war issues or your activist issues. They care about the cost of gas. And the same, I, I think the right can recognize that as well. Democrats keep pandering on this stuff. Ain't nobody cares. Look, you know, I got a diesel truck. When I heard that we, we need it for moving the, the mobile studio and for hauling stuff. When I heard that we had 25 days left of diesel, that's the lowest it's been since 2008. It doesn't mean we're going to run out. It means we need to replenish it. I was just like, yo, what are they doing? Get diesel's through the roof. It's like five, six bucks a gallon where I'm at. And that's crazy. So we don't really use it that often. We got it. We got it. But we got a whole bunch of we have construction going on right now for the new the new headquarters is big facility, 40 foot tall building. It's going to be massive. It's going to be multi. It's going to be uh, I don't know how to explain it, but we're gonna have three stories in one area and the big open space in another and stage and all that stuff. We're gonna do a lot of a lot of awesome stuff. Plus, we're renovating an old 1800s building to use as an office. We got a lot of work happening as we expand. And that takes diesel. All the machines, everything. It's taken a year to get the materials. And you know who I have to blame is Joe Biden. Hands down. Under Donald Trump. Man, I really wish I took advantage of this back then. But we were in the Jersey area. And we can only expand as we, as we have the resources to expand. But I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm trying to, to, to expand this business. We want to hire more people. We want to do more work. We want to generate more revenue. And we want to grow this media and culture enterprise. And we're jammed up. The high cost of gas, low level of supplies, and it's a Democrat's fault. So I know who I'm voting for in uh, uh, November. Or I should say, if I were you, I would, I, would, I would be advocating for not voting Democrat. It's the simplest way to put it. Because I don't want to be too, uh, too much of an advocate, but I want to say Republicans got a lot of bad in them. Like the Republican Party's got a lot of bad people. And they got a handful of good people. Democrats are mostly just bad. They, they vote in lockstep for things like war and high gas prices. You got the libertarians. I really wish the libertarians could win 
not all of them. I, I not, not all the libertarians. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of all of them. Dave Smith's great. But there are some of them that are just bombastic. And it's like, dude, come on. It, you know, the, the libertarians, they're doing a lot better with the Mises caucus. That's for sure. I think if you want gas prices coming down, it's a vote for Republicans across the board. They're going to help the oil industry. Oh, no. Oh, no. The left is recoiling in horror. What's wrong with the oil industry? Why do you not like them? Is it because you've been told by the TV over and over again that climate change is a problem? Let me remind you that Joe Biden promised to get us off fossil fuels and then went to Saudi Arabia and begged them to pump more. How can both of these things be true? That Democrats, let me let me simplify it for you. If Democrats here at home are stopping the Keystone Pipeline fracking and trying to stop fossil fuels and they're draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but they're asking OPEC to drill, baby, drill. The issue is not fossil fuels. It is it is destroying this country, sending profits to Saudi Arabia and keeping us addicted to oil the whole time. So as these protesters come out and say, and the oil leases, who are they? Who are they serving? Who are they helping? Well, in the end, there's one result we're going to see here in the United States with the view and climate protesters screaming at a Republican. Ted Cruz should just come out and been like, gas prices are through the roof. And they'll be like, we want to ask you about January 6th. It was bad, but your gas prices are through the roof. And they're going to be like, don't you think something should be done about these people and they should be charged and arrested? Maybe. But I tell you this. You vote for Republicans, we bring down the gas prices. Okay, well, what about abortion? Hmm, abortion, tough issue. If you vote for us, I'll tell you one thing we'll do is we'll bring down the gas prices. Then you get people in the audience screaming about the climate. Ted should have just smiled and been like, you're going to vote for that? America, if you vote for these people, your gas will become more expensive. You remember under Donald Trump, $1.84 average then. With the Democrats, it's spiked up to over $5 on average. That's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. It's policy. Now, come on, I know. Under Trump, you had a major surplus because demand was down. I get it. That helped. But even before this, gas around 2 bucks, $2.30 under Trump. Trump wanted the oil industry producing more fuels, more natural gas. Yeah, that means fracking. You know, so make your choice. I had Doug Mastriano on the Timcast IRL show last week. He said that they want to frack in, in, in PA. They want to drill for oil. They got it. There's a lot of oil there. And they can, make, they can bring down the cost of gas and they can export even to our allies. And he said when it came to fracking, we want to make sure we put up barriers to make sure none of this fracking fluid, proprietary fluid they use, is getting into the groundwater. That's tough. I'm not sure you can pull it off, to be honest. It may actually result in pollution. It's a tough call, huh? Let me tell you. How about this? Decide for yourself. Do you want cheaper gas or do you want to stop fracking? But don't forget, when they're telling you they're going to stop fossil fuels, they're going to the Saudis and asking for more. So I don't think they're being honest. I think what they're really saying is pollute their country, not ours. Hey, I can respect it as long as you're being honest. I don't necessarily agree with it. The idea is we'll get them to drill, frack and pollute and destroy their their desert nation. And we'll keep our trees beautiful and pristine. I guess. I don't like pollution. So what? Better someone else do the labor? That's what they do with China. China, make all the, all, all, all the products, pollute like crazy and live in, in, in smog, and we'll live clean. 
It's the capital city from the Hunger Games. I went to a mall in D.C. the other day, and I was flabbergasted. It was crazy. Just, I was like, man, we're in the capital city. This is crazy. New York's kind of dirty. D.C. is nuts. I'll leave it there. Bravo, climate activists, for helping the Republicans. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.